Welcome to the good, the bad, and the horrible. A weekly podcast where OG millennials have honest and candid conversations about sex, dating, entanglements, and everything in between. Starring your host, Scarlett Prynne. Pull those anal beads out slowly. This is not a lawnmower. You don't want to hit a snag. (laughs) And featuring guests, Hazel Goddess. If you're not at least nine inches, you're not getting on this ride. (laughs) Lolita Rum. It hasn't been anything this big in front of my mouth in a while. (laughs) We have a heavy one for you today. I may end up actually making this a bonus episode because I don't want people feeling gypped. That the fun, comedic (laughs) energy that we normally bring to this is being bypassed for a week. But this is going to be a heavy one. And I just want to put a disclosure up there up front that there there may be some triggering topics in this episode. Um, We are going to get into paranormal experiences. And we're going to get into some religion talk that's very much coupled with this and specifically experiences that I have had. And the reason why I'm bringing this up on this sex podcast is because it plays very much into the reason why I ended up with my husband. I think there's a big piece of the puzzle that's been a bit mystifying as to why I married him, especially when I've said on the podcast that I knew going into my marriage that he was not the right person for me. But I still married him anyway. And so this episode is going to kind of fill in some of the gaps that have been here. Um, But I did want to put a disclosure out there that if this is a topic that is triggering in any way, viewer discretion advised. (laughs) It's a good one. It, It definitely explains a lot about you as a person and who you are now getting that background, but it's good. I've heard it several times. It's a great story, um, but we're ready for it. Let's do it. Yeah. So in episode five, our sexual shame episode, I talk in detail about what happened with my first husband, how he committed suicide. Um, In a nutshell, he jumped from his six story parking garage at his workplace. And I go into detail on episode five about what happened So I'm going to pick up the story from where I left off in that episode. When he died, that was grief that I have never experienced in my entire life before or since. I'll never forget that. Just the gut-wrenching grief, like physical pain. Like that Mm -hmm. kind of grief Mm -hmm. is just absolutely extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget that first night, just feeling it in my gut. Just the sobs and just the utter... Devastation. Devastation, yeah. yes. But also you witnessed, not witnessed that, but I, you were there on scene, which do you, obviously now you realize that you visually remember the scene as well because yes. you showed up right after it happened. Yes. In fact, I didn't know it at the time, but when I drove into the parking lot of his workplace, the truck that had his body was driving out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that's what it was at the time, obviously. But later I figured out they had j- literally just wow. sent him off. Mm. And so by the time I got there, it was the hazmat team that was cleaning up the area. And of course, half the Dallas Police Department was there. Um, but that's what I walked in on. So obviously, a hugely traumatic event had just happened. And, and and I'm sorry, really quick. I remember you saying it was hard for me to believe he chose that. Oh, absolutely. You said, nope, something's wrong. Yep. Show me. Mm-hmm. Yes. I want to know. Yes. And I think you. I remember you telling me that you even saw videos, correct? Or they told you they saw a video of him? Well, they, uh, the police, they were trying to investigate okay. and do their due diligence just to make sure there wasn't any foul play or anything. So they were pulling security footage and things like that. So they found video of him. He originally was trying to get up to the 24th story of his office building, like up on the roof to get roof access, but he couldn't get up there. The roof access was locked. So that was originally where he, you know, obviously we're speculating, but Mm -hmm. he was trying to get up there and he didn't work on the 24th floor. He had to take an elevator up to it. Then whenever that didn't work, he went down to the parking garage and that's where he ultimately jumped. Mm. So they don't have footage of him actually making the jump. 
you know, it's all speculation. Right. They also found in his computer that he had searched up ways to commit suicide. Mm. And then, you know, I talk about other things. I won't get into it in greater, you know, detail here because I do talk about a lot of this in episode five about the sexual shame and how that played into why I think he did what he did. Mm. So after that of course you know talking going back to the grief like that that hugely traumatic event like like i've never had before and for a while there i did not even want to be by myself which is very unusual for me uh because i normally need alone time and so it was very odd because all of a sudden i just had to be with somebody my sister slept with me for a while because i did not want to be alone i was having panic attacks all of a sudden like just all this weird stuff some just not even wanting to eat and you know anyone that knows me for me not to Mm -hmm. want to eat that's very unusual (laughs) so it was just this very um depressing time honestly it was awful i'll never just i I was not okay Mm -hmm. i was not okay i was a mess um and i think my family was worried about me for a while because I, I was just so contrary to my common I, I i never get anxiety i never had an anxiety attack before that i had never had a problem eating or sleeping or any of that so um yeah it was rough it was definitely rough um but the paranormal stuff started probably a few weeks after he died and it started with my five-year-old i had a five-year-old daughter and a 14-month-old son and it was my daughter who first started having these, I don't even know what to call it, episodes. So if have you guys seen the movie Sixth Sense? Yes. Bruce Willis? Yes. I right, see dead people. Mm-hmm. That was happening in my house with my five-year-old. She wasn't saying the words, I see dead people, but she's describing them. And she would all of a sudden in the middle of the night just be screaming bloody murder like she's being tortured out of nowhere. And she's describing this stuff that she's seeing. And I mean, you talk about some freaky shit and I can't see anything. So I'm, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never saw anything over the course of all of the months that we dealt with this. I never saw anything, but then I started feeling things. And that's when the shit really got real for me. I would walk into my condo And as soon as I would walk in there, my hair would stand on edge, like immediately stand up. Like it was like I could feel some sort of presence that was giving me this irrational terror. It was so creepy, so creepy. And then in the middle of the night, I'd get it and I'd get the sleep paralysis that you you know literally and i'd be sitting there thinking can i move a toe right can i move a finger i was literally paralyzed i couldn't move anything right and it it was always like a pressure on you like you can't get out of your bed yes you're you're frozen to it yes and it's coupled with fear like you Mm -hmm. have this just irrational fear so i've never experienced anything like that and here's where I'm going to incorporate the the religion part of this discussion. At that point in time, I am 28 years old, um, and I've shared that I grew up in a very Christian, conservative home. Um, my parents grew up with a Baptist background. Uh, we were in Baptist and non-denominational churches growing up. I was very exposed very often to the thought and the belief of spiritual warfare right in the in church culture that's a very common yes. term spiritual, demonic spirit right correct De- demons it is real right and so that's the framework by which i'm processing all of this right and so i had heard i couldn't tell you how many sermons and seminars and conferences where spiritual warfare was a topic of discussion and everybody has their here's what you do when this happens type thing so Mm -hmm. i had heard all these stories of people going through exactly what i was going through and the way that i heard to deal with that is proclaim jesus's name right in jesus's name get out of my house you Mm -hmm. know you leave my daughter alone whatever right Right. like you're talking to these demons out loud and you're sending them on well you even see that in movies right yeah in Mm -hmm. the name of jesus and right right you leave this Uh right 
And so that was how me and my family were handling this, is every time something like this would happen, we're proclaiming Jesus's name. You're taking authority. Right, Right. whatever. And it was like, okay, we might have gotten temporary relief, but then it's right, this shit's happening again. And, And it was sometimes really scary stuff. Like I remember kitchen cabinets all coming open, right? I'm, I'm telling you, Sixth Sense was happening in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of the night, I remember I was working on my laptop and all of a sudden, this upstairs, I heard this huge crash. It sounded like what I thought had happened based on the huge crash that I'm hearing is that the bookshelves upstairs had fallen down. And I thought, oh, my son, who was a toddler at the time, he must have gotten out of bed and climbed up on the bookcase or something like, mm-hmm. and then, so I'm in a panic running upstairs. There is nothing disturbed. Nothing. Wow. Like, everyone's asleep. Everything's in its place. But this crash I heard, I'm like, I know I am not going crazy. Mm-hmm. Here. And even like, I remember in, in our hallway upstairs, there was a creak in the wood under the carpet. You always knew when someone was walking that hallway and you'd hear that creak when no one was walking down that hallway. It was just creepy as hell. Mm-hmm. All this stuff going down. All right. So fast forward to whenever I meet my husband. Obviously, at that point, he's not my husband. Um, we actually met in college. Because one of the things that when I finally kind of got my feet under me, I had decided I'm going to let this event cause me to do things I otherwise wouldn't have done. And one of those things was to start going to college, which for me was a huge deal because I was homeschooled from kindergarten to 12th grade. I had never been in a classroom in my entire life. Right. So my first day of college at 28 years old was my first day of school ever ever wow and my parents were pretty um antagonistic about the whole idea of college in general i mean when i say we grew up in a very conservative christian environment absolutely like an environment where it was colleges were evil right that's how you lost your faith right it's because you're exposed to everything now right right? they don't have you sheltered in their home right now you're exposed to everything right so Mm -hmm. my parents were actively against higher education so it had always been very intimidating i didn't know the first thing about it and again hadn't been in a classroom academic setting at all so for me starting college was very overwhelming and i had a lot of fear about it i had no idea how i would measure up academically i had no idea if i would fit in socially i was scared so i signed up for one class and the i remember the counselor advising me sign up for an english class start with that one that's the best one to start with and that's your and, route well, and yeah. that, that's definitely <laughs> right. my arena that's how we're going to keep you in school start off with english <laughs> right because right. mm-hmm. if you would have started off no. with math it would have ended there <laughs> it probably because we've done math together <laughs> guys it would have been over she started with english Good. which when i say that because i'm an accountant people are like wait you're an accountant and i'm like okay what you don't understand about accounting is everything you needed to know math-wise for accounting, you learned in elementary school. Right. And actually, accounting is closer to law than it is to math. Oh. There actually is a lot of ambiguity in accounting where it's a lot of how am I going to defend it to the IRS, right? Interesting. So that's what people wow. don't understand about accounting. It's actually more about more law, which hmm. ties more into what you do in English class, which is a lot of debate about text, right? And thanks that. to QuickBooks, I mean, we it makes it easy now. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Software makes well, it easy. Absolutely. It's not like you're an engineer having to use absolutely. math to figure out calculation. No, it's yeah, not like that anymore. I agree. Uh-huh. But I, I had a, a dad recently asked me if his kid could come intern. He's like, oh, he's great at math. And, he, and he's telling him, son, I think you'd really like this because you're so good at math. And I'm like... I accounting I don't think is what you think <laughs> wow so it's not really what people think you're Maybe, just over there no. crunching numbers needs, all day no. yeah. he needs engineering no something yeah. something yeah. like that right now if, you, if you're a lawyer type which I very much am you know if, if you are the type that has no problem going toe-to-toe with an IRS agent and defending your case as to this is why <laughs> I did what I did that is so you and let let me show you in the statutes and you know that really is more crunching law numbers. than yeah so be wow. an engineer if you want to do math anyway so that, we so we that go was back my to, side so, so english 101 begins <laughs> no and then and for real if you want to be an accountant english classes are probably your 
best asset. Wow. That's what people don't understand. But anyway, I digress. So I sign up for this English class and it's my first day of school. I'm a nervous wreck, have no idea what to expect. Okay, now I'm coming into this with career experience, right? I have already had a pretty lucrative accounting career behind me up to this point, just strictly from hard work and... you. Well, you were self-taught in a way, right? Well, and I started as a, as a teenager because both my parents were entrepreneurs. Right. And so they mm. trained me on all things business at a very young age. Right. And I have the personality for it too. So I've always been very strategically minded. I've always been a hard worker. I've always had a great personality. So I very much, even without a college education, was able to succeed and do very well for myself. So this was a new challenge and I was scared. And I so I'm coming into this with a lot of career experience behind me, but no academic experience other than what, you know, I did with my mom on the kitchen table. So I remember walking up to the classroom and the teach the the, the uh, professor hadn't gotten there yet. So people were congregating outside in the hallway and there was benches people were sitting on waiting for the professor to get there. And I was so nervous walking up um, back then, I was a lot more introverted than I am now. Yeah. Like now, I would have no problem walking into this because mm-hmm. I met you like in the introverted stage in college yes. too, and you were you. It, it social. And this this comes to show you how uh-huh. much changing your self narrative, right? Your mm. true personality. Because I comes remember out. that. Like I remember. Uh, yeah. Sorry, but go on. I mean, that's a whole other topic. Uh-huh. But, but seriously, my personality came out when I started changing my self narrative. Mm. I didn't. I was not ten years ago. At twenty eight years old, I was not anything like mm-hmm. I am today. So um, I just remember being so nervous. I wasn't, you know, I saw this group of people. And so I approached it like I would approach somebody in the office. And I outstretched my hand and I start approaching each one of them individually with my hand outreached. And I said, hi, I'm Scarlett. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and they were probably like, oh, guys, this is the professor <laughs> introducing herself. This is the professor walking in, introducing herself to everybody. Well, yeah. You got to love it. So my husband, my future husband was in this group of people. And out you there. shook his hand. <laughs> wow. Damn it. It all started with a, a handshake. handshake. Oh. <laughs> Which would be a wonderful love story. <laughs> Five years ago. Yes. <laughs> now it's an... It's a, oh, well, I still milk this story whenever I need to. Okay. Like, it, whenever I tell my story at networking events or whatever, or my PowerPoints and my classes or whatever, I tell this story, right? It, it seems like That's, this the, it's the greatest cute. love story, right? Yeah. Um. Anyway, so he laughs about that whenever he talks about this story, because he was like, I looked at you like, what is Did he think you were the professor? At first... <laughs> He says yes at first. Yeah, he thought this is the professor. professor. Yeah, <laughs> she's over there just shaking hands with all these random people. <laughs> yes, that shows you how much of a fish out of water I was. Wow. But good for you for taking but, the courage yeah. to do that. It, it is. I good. mean, you went from a very sheltered background yes. to I'm going to go to college. Yes. Uh, oh, Absolutely. you know what? My husband died. My I'm raising my kids. Let me get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Good for I you. Did. And to just go in for it and yeah. yeah I so like and I was a front row person. Of course, I was always in the front row. Um, but it was funny because my husband would drop these little hints like, Hey, if you ever need help with any projects yeah. or like he'd drop his phone number constantly. Mm. <laughs> look, at, look at Snake Man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to explain why you call him Snake yeah, Man? Why do you call him Snake Man? He's he's obsessed with them. He loves them. He thinks they're Snakes. the coolest things. He goes to snake conventions. We, wow. we it's just we it's hate weird. Sna- it's, okay, it's, it's weird. Not, it's no weird. wonder See, why you, know, you, it's, it's you not don't weird. like pets. I, well, a, I don't like pets in general. It's it's nothing specifically about snakes. I I don't like pets in general. But, but snakes if it, are creepy. I agree. Yeah, snakes I'm not are a little into much, them. Right, I, I'm not into them. And he finds That's... them fascinating. And I don't want to say weird. Every to each their own. But it, it I say to, weird to him. It's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, fine. <laughs> But but we've had I'm sorry great, if there's any listeners out there that are snake fans we love, love you. Yeah. Fascinating. I we will say that again. You. We love you over there. Yes. And Lolita distance. Right. And Lolita's going to say it again to each their own whatever tickles your pickle. But he's snake man. Anyway, he kept dropping his number which I didn't know him of course at that point, but knowing what I know now. He's dyslexic. 
he's not academically inclined at all. Mm. Like he barely scraped by school, right? So the fact that he's offering me right that was projects he he just tried to get his foot in the door (laughs) let's but come on now but he's a good he's a good looking man yes and now you've gone a while without sex (laughs) yes (laughs) so that That is correct that that plays into it they look so much better when you're horny oh my gosh it's so they do but then when you release it you're like "Ah." what (laughs) the hell was that thinking (laughs) was it that great what the fuck was wrong with me well okay so that does play into it it does about i would say it was about the three month mark after my husband had died I was fucking horny as hell. Well, so, and by he, by naturally, you are a sexual person. Yes. So think about it. It's not like you can go a long time without it. You like to be cuddled. You like to touch. Mm-hmm. That is who you are. So to not have uh-huh. that at all, now everything looks and a little... at that point in my life at 28 years old, again, still with the framework that I grew up in, I wasn't masturbating mm. yeah I, yeah it took me years I, that wasn't mm-hmm. that wasn't mm. no no yeah no you never touch yourself that's that's so a bit curious within that three months that you went through were you still experiencing yes. all of this okay yeah so w- so this whenever yeah. you entered sorry i that, put a pin s- I, i'm taking a side trail now so we can get back to the paranormal i'm coming back to it yeah. so i was just curious yeah within that yeah. three months you were still experiencing still going on, yeah. on a regular all this basis is still going on okay she just started school yeah okay yeah in, <laughs> right. the, so in it's the middle still, yeah, okay. of all the all I started the craziness school. Right. i started school yeah okay but yes all that's still going on in fact it went on for probably a good 18 months or so after that wow yeah so, and I'll, I'll come back to that, but I'm taking a side trail now because I want to talk about how my husband got incorporated into this story. Okay. School, I really gravitated towards it. Mm. I mean, I, I got a full ride scholarship to go transfer and get my accounting degree. And so um, I was doing student research conferences and winning paper awards and all this stuff, right? So the irony that he was going to help me with a project was kind of it's kind of funny looking back mm-hmm. on it now but at any rate he kept finding reasons to well you were in a dance to him it was a damsel in distress right almost right well, he you didn't started know op- at that time oh you weren't opening mm. him up to him about your home well life in yet. the school setting when oh, he's doing this we right. didn't really know each other yet. got it got it got it this is just during so class she's just the new girl she's right the new girl. yes and you know knowing what i know now is because of my tits he's a boob guy mm. yeah and I, and I wear I wear things with cleavage, right? So well, you're an yeah. ass girl too. Yeah, you have a big. It's just, is it yeah, ass yeah, guy? Yeah, he, he does say that I turned him into an ass guy too. Yeah, <laughs> you have an hourglass <laughs> figure. Yeah. So anyway, so he kept dropping his number, and then one day we were in a conversation, and he said something to me that was so mystifying to me. He said, "Do you know that you have an aura?" And up to that point, I had no clue what the fuck aura was. Mm. Didn't even know what the word meant. Had no idea what he was talking about. And so I started asking questions. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Can you explain? And he tells me, he gets into it, which I think leading up to this conversation, I can't remember exactly, but I think I had told him, I started telling him what I was experiencing with all this paranormal shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and anybody that knows me knows I'm an open book. There, There's no subject in my life at all that I won't talk to whoever about unless there's some specific reason right. for me not to say something like, you know, obviously some of these topics I don't talk to business people about. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not because I'm unwilling to talk about it. So I had shared with him this stuff. And so I think the fact that I was talking openly about this made it a comfortable place for him to to say that to me and so he started telling me that he saw auras around people and like five different colors like white black red blue they it radiates yeah. off a person right like it's he it radiates he, he described like it as like a an outline right yes but he said not everyone had them and he told me he said you have a white aura I'm like, okay, what does that mean? He said, I'm not sure. I've only seen it twice in my life. I'm mm. like, interesting. And so then I'm, you know, I'm the 
adult equivalent of the toddler always asking why and what and how and <laughs> yeah so i'm starting to do all this research i say research i was doing a google search like what are auras what does it mm-hmm. mean what's a white aura um and it and i quickly realized it depends on who you ask uh, <laughs> because I didn't know that. everyone's got their own opinion mm-hmm. about what auras are and mm-hmm. what they mean and what the colors are so i was getting nowhere because i'm like this is not helpful in the least because mm-hmm. it literally just depends on who you ask right um but i found it fascinating that he had only seen it one other time in his life that mm-hmm. was interesting and he had told me that when he sees red he f- he was able to identify that red meant a serious illness and so when he saw red he would tell him go see your doctor and it always ended up being something like majorly wrong Mm -hmm. which is interesting he saw black and he related it to deception he said he always saw a black aura when someone wore a costume and so when he saw black he linked it with like hiding or deception Mm -hmm. so some of them he kind of deduced what he you know but he he'd never been able to figure out the white one to this day, still don't know. When he saw my daughter, my five-year-old daughter later, he said hers, like usually it's just a faint outline, but he said my daughter, my five-year-old daughter was like bright, bright, bright to the point he couldn't even see her clothes, which was interesting. So that's how we got into this discussion about paranormal things. Mm. And he ended up coming to my apartment uh, or my condo Um study mm-hmm. to study oh yeah to study quote unquote <laughs> now we're at the study yeah study. We, now we're at the study portion I'll of just, our relationship i'll just say this we went very quickly from here's my number to help you with your project to fucking god horny horniness makes mm. you horny crazy shit. wow three months <laughs> and i mean i we've shared that our sex it, for me at that time 28 years old it was mind-blowing so we were fucking i will never forget okay so to backtrack a little bit, he shared with me that he didn't just see auras. He saw a lot of things mm. that other people did not see. I didn't know it at the time, but apparently there are a lot of people out there that see spiritual beings mm-hmm. of all sorts and sizes and shapes and colors that other people don't see. But you don't hear people talk about this too much. Yeah, because of judgment. judgment. Because yeah. I was about to say, yeah. it's the same people, thing, the right. judgment. Mm-hmm. Right. And and up to that point, there was only one other person he had ever talked to about that. And that had been someone in his high school that also saw these things. Mm. And so that up to me, I was, a, I was the second person. And again, I think it's only because I started sharing what More I was experiencing, experiencing first. Mm-hmm. So I think it became this safe place of, okay, she's not going to think I'm totally a lunatic right if i talk about this so what was interesting is when he came to my condo he starts describing to me what he's seeing in my condo which one of the things i remember him saying is your condo is crawling with these things which given what i was experiencing i was like i believe it but what was also interesting is he started describing something in my closet that my five-year-old had also described being in my closet. And she's using different words. She's using five-year-old terms. He's obviously using adult terms for what he's seeing, but what they were both had described to me being in the same place in my house was basically the same description. And I'm like, okay, I'm really freaked out now. (laughs) What was it? So, well, just the way he described it was kind of like a Dementor from Harry Potter and like the the bottom of it, like flowing where it's kind of shadowy, but it's like moving like a, I don't know, blanket or whatever, Mm -hmm. a skirt maybe, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so I think that's how my five-year-old described it was it was like a blanket, Mm. you know, but he says these things look like Dementors. So when he said that to me, immediately, again, the framework that I have at that point is, okay, I need to proclaim Jesus's name over this. And so that's exactly what I did out loud in Jesus's name, get out of my house right now. And he looks at me and he is a complete atheist Mm -hmm. at that point. So he has no, no belief system in what I'm doing at all, Mm -hmm. but he looks at me as soon as I did that, and he said, does this room look any different to you? I said, no, I don't see anything. What What's going on? He said, this room has lit up like 
brighter than day, like bright. And he said, these things scampered like cockroaches. Wow. And I was like, that's so cool. I was so excited. But again, temporary. temporary, Yeah. Right? Because it wasn't long before these things were back again. And, you know, I call him these things now because he's telling me (laughs) (laughs) this is what I see. Um. Since then, I'm going to go on a little digression again. What here. a great first date at the house. Let's come home he to fuck. He just thought he was then, coming to go. Yeah. Exactly. To have some fun. And all of a sudden, he saw everything wow. in the, what is it? What, what what do they call it? It's the spiritual realm? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, I mean, in, the, in church culture, it's called spiritual world. Mm. Um, I'll come back to that. I'm going to take a little digression because I, I want to, I want to speak to the belief system um i have a set of beliefs and i have a set of no's i'll call them no's right the knowledge versus beliefs and i keep those very distinguished right and the beliefs i hold very loosely because i realize that the amount of knowledge that i'm in myself in awareness of is less than 1% of all the knowledge in the universe. Of course. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I will always yeah. say, I know enough to know I know very little. Exactly. Right. I really do. Exactly. <laughs> and your and beliefs can change. Absolutely. And it mm-hmm. only takes one minute piece of information to change, change yeah. everything. Of course. Right? So I hold beliefs very loosely because I realize if I had even 1% more knowledge all those beliefs would probably be completely different. Right. So I hold them loosely. Um, but at that point in my life at 28 years old, I mean, you never mm. know more than when you're in your 20s, right? Right. I <laughs> knew, right? I knew. And so that moment when I'm proclaiming Jesus's name and he's telling me it's bright as day, I'm like, you know, that's just solidifying even more, right? Of course. I'm right. Yeah, this proves it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to digress a little bit because I want to make it clear that I understand there could be millions of other explanations. And I mentioned on this podcast, there's an episode where we talk about how we use a, the podcast in business setting. And I told a story about how I met with someone that I ended up sharing the podcast to, which to cultivate an environment that would help her feel comfortable. I had picked up on the fact that she was gay and she was intentionally hiding the fact that she was gay. And I brought up the podcast and that opened up a lot of great conversation. I remember that. And I found out through that, that she also has a podcast and it's about, um, she interviews um, mediums Mm. and psychics and so it's a spiritual it's podcast. It's a spiritual okay. podcast, right? Which I don't think I ever would have learned from her had I not shared. Again, me being taking this up to be vulnerable first and share something that mm. yeah. would usually be seen as taboo in these business settings. But um, she gave me probably the best alternative explanation for what could have been happening there that I want to share just to, to, to put it out there that I realize it may not be what I thought at 28 years old was actually going on. Um, she talks a lot about frequencies and how we yeah. we're operating on a frequency at all times, right? Either high or low or it's somewhere in the middle. And she, she talks about how, yes, they're obviously in her mind anyway, obviously there's a spiritual world, right? That she feels there's enough evidence that yes, there are spiritual beings out there, but they operate on different frequencies. Mm -hmm. And so the way she was explaining it to me is when you're in a state of fear or anxiety, major trauma has just happened. Right. You almost are on that radio signal now with your lower Mm -hmm. frequency, according to her. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, And she was even talking about temperature is just frequency. She's saying hot and cold are the same thing. They're just different frequencies. I'm like, that's very interesting. Um, I mean, she's fascinating to talk to, but she was saying, okay, so when you have trauma, when you have, anxiety when you have fear you're operating on a low frequency yeah and what happens is is like attracts like and so she's saying these creatures that operate in the realm of fear and 
that, you know, anger and all of these negative emotions, they operate on a low frequency. They're attracted to that. And so she said, you being having this traumatic event that happened to you, now you're operating in this lower frequency. And I shared, I was having anxiety attacks. I was having all this shit go down. And that made so much sense to me because it always mystified me. I did nothing different in 18 months or any time since mm-hmm. then, right? I was always proclaiming Jesus's name and all of that. But then eventually it just went away. And so it's like, okay, that makes the most sense to me for an alternative viewpoint on this, because Mm -hmm. obviously over time, I'm getting my feet under me, right? I'm not having anxiety attacks anymore. I'm not, you know, obviously it's always going to be a traumatic event in my life, but it's now a distant memory. Yeah, but you're not in that on that frequency right well and she's not in that deep pit like that's right. what it was mm-hmm. and she was right. trapped now she's out in the light which right. you could talk about right. it in a christian way i think eventually you said he also stepped well he still does it's changed since oh, then for him um, because he actually became a christian since then and actually that that's mm-hmm. a fascinating thing because he when he became a christian a lot of the things he saw went away but he started seeing other things right. that mm-hmm. were more light Light filled filled. right Mm -hmm. which there again in my frame of reference at that point i'm like see it's all true yeah so he was operating on a different frequency than he was before well and that's that's why i'm saying i think this woman has given me the best alternative viewpoint Mm -hmm. on another plausible because i've heard all kinds of arguments right Mm -hmm. again i share this with a lot of people and so i've heard from all kinds of different people. Well, it could be this, you know, maybe you were hallucinating. I've heard it all, right? Mm. I'm like, okay, I don't think I fucking hallucinated my kitchen cabinets open. Right. Like, he, like this shit was real. I was yeah, not it was, going it was crazy. real life. It was happening. Right. I was not going crazy. So let's just say, for argument's sake, right. that she's on to something with this frequency thing. Mm-hmm. I'm asking her, okay, so whenever I'm proclaiming Jesus' name over my house and all of a sudden an instant, according to my husband, these things scamper like cockroaches. She said, because you instantly in that moment grabbed onto something that you thought was power. You Mm. immediately elevated your mindset to a higher frequency because you thought you latched on to the answer. Right. So it could have been anything. And you, right. She could have said anything. Anything. But 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 whatever you left. Right. With her higher frequency and the belief that what she was saying or doing, that is what made the difference. So she's saying, well, basically what happened in that instance is I elevated my frequency rapidly. Super quick. Because I thought, oh, I've got this. I have the answer Mm -hmm. to this. And that's what repelled them. According to yeah. her, this is her theory. It makes sense. I, I, I believe it too. Yeah, it makes sense. But also, when you speak of authority, regardless if it was Christ, Allah, Buddha, whatever you're speaking right. in authority, you're just speaking with confidence, and you're like, "This and, is you're not going to get to me belief. right now." So, right, mm-hmm. the, the belief the, I the think belief. is the key there with right. that. Right, Absolutely. the belief that you have something that's going to change. It's the hope. Right, it's the hope. I have the answer to this problem. Like okay. you're right. That's I believe good. that. So, and I think the same was probably could be said for what happened with my husband. He had this answer, Christianity. Mm-hmm. He is an atheist up to that point. She's he's given this outlook of, hey, here is a God and a Jesus that loves you, which he he came from a very traumatic upbringing. And I'll even speak to that a little bit. It's very interesting. When I was in college, I took a a religion class. And I remember when we got into the topic of Buddhism, we had a section of our textbook that was talking about this very specific sect of Buddhist monks and the techniques that they use for meditation and how it often created these, you know, for lack of a better word, hallucinations. Mm -hmm. So when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what my husband has described to me that he was doing as a kid because his coping mechanism, he was in and out of foster care. He was sexually abused. He was physically abused. He'd get locked in a closet for nine hours at a time in a dark closet, like horrible upbringing. Mm -hmm. His way of coping with this was what these monks were doing. It was meditation. He, so would he just, was elevating his frequency yes. 
so high that yes. he was able to go to yes. the spiritual realm. And from his kid's anytime. standpoint, what he was thinking to himself is, I'm going to listen for something a mile away. I want to see if I can listen to something he knew was far, far away. I'm going to see if I can hear it, right? And to mm-hmm. do that, he had to get his breath really shallow and quiet he had to calm himself like get all his bodily functions toned down or he would do something like he'd look across the room and he'd focus very intently on something and say i'm going to move that with my mind and he'd Mm -hmm. just study it for long periods of time right this is meditation yeah and he said one day he's looking he had this some kind of artwork on the other side of his bedroom that was some kind of ship And he said he would always focus on that to try to move it. And he said one day it actually did move. That's amazing. But over the course of him doing this for a while, that's when he started seeing things. He started, it started with orbs, like circles, which Mm -hmm. after reading about this, a lot of people Mm -hmm. see these things. Um, But over time, it progressed into more and more things that he was seeing. Right. And so this is what this was talking about with these, with these Buddhist monks that they, they would do these techniques that he was doing as a kid and then they'd start, you know, and of course they're all, you know, in in their religion, they're obviously seeing this as their gods or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? They have their way of interpreting what's going on with that. But I was like, Oh my goodness, this is exactly what Mm -hmm. he was doing. So again, I digress. (laughs) It's just a very complex story. Yes. There's too many. uh, Yes. So what I think may have happened when he's presented with, you know, here he's had this traumatic childhood. He's really never had anyone looking out for him, right? Mm -hmm. So he's presented with, here is Jesus Christ, and here's a loving father that love you. They they know you and they love you. And there's this Christian community opening up their arms to you, right? He had hope, Mm -hmm. right? There was hope of, hey, my my life, my well-being can be better than what it's been in its past right so it's highly possible that the things that started changing and what he was seeing were because he had elevated his frequency right absolutely yeah so i just wanted to offer an alternative explanation because mm-hmm. i want to make it clear i am well aware of the fact that there are literally millions of other explanations besides how i saw it when i was 28 years old mm-hmm. and i remember getting these debates with my professor my religion professor him and i would literally be emailing all hours of the day and night back and forth debating over email and then we'd do it in person when we'd see each other. Because at 28 years old, I knew what I knew, what I knew, what I knew. Mm-hmm. I knew I was right. And he was one of those professors that was just, anyone that was dogmatic about anything, he was mm. going to rattle your cage. And I, I, love, I love him that. for it now. Yeah, of course. That's I great. Like that, yeah. Yeah. I love him for it now because he changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I did come back and tell him that later. Like I was oh, annoyed awesome. as hell at him at the time. I he stormed was trying to get you to, wait, uh, yeah. to look at it a different oh, way. Oh, yeah. I stormed out on him during class one time. I got so pissed, pissed off at him. He was an agitator. He he probably could have done it a little less mm. antagonistically, but he changed my life. And I later came back and told him that. And I even wrote a nomination for him for professor of the year at the That's college awesome. saying this man literally was a paradigm shift in my life. At that point, I didn't appreciate it, but mm-hmm. he caused me to start really questioning things, which of course was my parents' worst fear, right? You go to college of course. and all of a sudden you're questioning yeah. things. Everything. You question everything <laughs> in college. It's changing your perception changes your whole reality. Right. Everything. Right. And most Christians, there's probably Christians listening to this right now that are thinking, oh my goodness, she mm-hmm. lost her faith. Mm-hmm. She's she's talking all this new age shit, right? She's <laughs> we've not lost it. We've just grown, <laughs> right? Because it you see things in a different grown, perspective, right. yeah. And I you s- can appreciate a different viewpoint. I, yeah. I think in my twenties we were all the same. I knew everything. You well, tell I'll say this: there's what I know, yeah, and there's what I believe. believe and yeah. again, I hold what I believe loosely. Yeah. Now, I would say I know there is something out there that's unseen to most of the population. That I have, I know because I've experienced it. And even beyond that, I've even mentioned on the podcast that something gives me information that I don't have in my own consciousness. Mm -hmm. I'll tell a story about that. You're still tapped into a higher frequency. Whether it be that or whether it be God, my Mm -hmm. whole life I've called it God. Right, because right? they say you get downloaded. Like it's a yeah. download almost. I'll you tell know. you a story about this. Whatever you want to call it, God, right. mm-hmm. 
the universe. Right. Everyone has a different creator name or or opinion about what it is. But here's why I say information that I don't have in my own consciousness. I'm going to tell one story. I have many, but I'm going to tell one that's just because it's funny. There was one day that a carpet cleaner taped a coupon on our door. And I immediately throw it in the trash can. And as soon as I threw it in the trash can, I get this thought in my head. And when I say I hear, I don't audibly hear. There's no booming voice. Right. Scarlet. It's, right. it's like a nudge. I <laughs> right. feel like it's always like you a just, nudge. Like you're un- you, you keep thinking about it and you're like, oh, it's I'm supposed thoughts, to do something though. with this. It's right. thoughts. Right. So right. In the spiritual world, we normally call those your spiritual guides. Okay. So whatever it is you want to interpret it as, it comes as a thought, though, is what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. not an audible voice. It's not some booming light from heaven. It's it's none of that. Right? You just know that's what you need it, to do. So I mm. get this thought in my head, take that out of the trash. And so again, I'm translating this as God. So I'm going to call it God. So mm-hmm. I'm like, God, I don't understand why I don't need carpet cleaning. And it was a rental house. So I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay to have my landlords. Like I'm arguing with God. Mm. Okay. So I'm like, I'm not doing that. I, like, this is how I talk to God. <laughs> so respectful. <laughs> it's because we're stubborn. <laughs> he doesn't know best. We know best. <laughs> So I do have active conversations. It's like, I'm just, I don't, I don't understand. You need to explain to me. You want me to call? You need to explain to me why I need to call the carpet cleaner. So I don't. Okay. Well, it was not even an hour later that my toddler, and again, this is my son. He's still a toddler at the time. He has a blowout diaper, but I didn't realize it immediately. And he starts playing with his poo. And he's got it all over his hands and he decides he's just going to have a heyday. Yeah. Well, guess where he smeared all the poo? On the carpet. Not on the tile, on he the did carpet. Not, he did not touch any furniture. <laughs> he did not touch any curtains. Only the carpet. And so I'm like, so really? Shit. <laughs> now I have shit on my carpet. <laughs> shit, God, I hear you. <laughs> you. Did you have to do it this way? Yeah, right. Exactly. Did you if you to? wanted my attention that yeah. bad. Yeah. God's over there <laughs> telling telling him. I, I'm telling you, I feel like he has a sense of humor. I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, fine, God. He's telling I'll, I'll your call son. the fucking mm-hmm. carpet cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yes, I will say fuck to God, too. <laughs> I love it. So I call the carpet cleaner. He's heard it all. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I call the carpet cleaner and I have no idea why I'm booking this appointment. So fast forward to the day the carpet cleaner gets there. That morning, here again, here's God in my thoughts. Transfer some money to your checking account. And I'm like, what? Why? What? Here I am. I'm arguing with God again. But I think I just got to the point of like, okay, what? fine. What am I transferring? Give mm-hmm. me an amount. $50,000. Like, what? Really? So I'm like, fine. God, like, I can't hear you real well. Yeah, this is yeah, a bad we're connection. Break. We're breaking up. Bad connection. <laughs> <laughs> like, come again? <laughs> what was that? Yeah. I'm going to mute you now, yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, whatever. Let's see where this goes, right? And of course, I'm curious as hell to know wh- where, what is the deal with this carpet cleaner, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. I can't remember if at that point I linked that this might be related to the carpet cleaner, but I transferred the money. So it's in, sitting in my checking account now. So the carpet cleaner comes. He's cleaning everything. Everything that he offers me, he's like, hey, I could get this spot out if you know I do this and that. Would you like me to treat it this way? But I, I just say yes. Everything he asks me, yes, yes, go ahead. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, what, and yes. While you're at it, change the baby's diaper. <laughs> <laughs> do it all. Yeah. So he gets done and he hands me the invoice and I'm writing out the check. And in my head, I'm going, okay, God, the joke's on me. I don't understand. Why is this guy here? I have really clean carpets now for my landlord. I don't know why, right? So I'm just making conversation with him, just asking, you know, small talk. Just asking about his life, his family, whatever. And I'm still getting nothing. It was like, Mm. God is like sitting back. (laughs) He said, I'm on break. Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck? Hello? Knock, knock. Anyone home? I don't understand. Why is this guy standing in my kitchen? So... I finally get, like, I hand him everything and he's about to leave. And I, I finally asked him, I said, have you been praying for anything? I said, I know it's a weird question, but out of curiosity, have you been praying for anything? And he looks at me. He says, yes, actually, I have. 
And he goes into the story about how his wife has all of these teeth issues that her her teeth have basically been completely rotted out. And it's not something the insurance will cover. She won't go anywhere because she's so embarrassed by it. Like it, it's gotten to be a health issue now. Mm. And of course, I by this point, I'm for sure putting two and two together. And so I'm already having an argument with God. Like, you want me to fucking give it this guy $50,000 for like his the, wife's for her yeah. pearly whites. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so he gets to the end of the story. And I said, so how much would it cost to fix all of that? Cause you, you mentioned you'd been praying for the funds to, to get that. 49, 99.99. <laughs> And guess what he said? Holy shit. $50,000. Wow. And he's like, why do you ask? Here's your check, buddy. (laughs) I was like, well, because God wants me to give it to you. Now, up to this point, what this guy didn't know is I had had an entire argument with God about it. I had even started because he had mentioned at some point in his story that they could do half of the, the procedure for 25 and mm-hmm. i had started writing a check for 25 and immediately he's like uh-uh, no that was no, not wow. your assignment no. and i'm like wait a minute i thought you were on break sir nope like, void now void the check void the check <laughs> right as soon as she saw her try to draw a void on there he said up oh, i'm back yeah so i handed this guy a check for fifty thousand wow. dollars and you should have seen him I mean, can you Did imagine? Did he say, are you okay? Are you, right. what's no, wrong? He was Did he just elated. take the check and run? Like, he was in shock and he was just in, elated. And then his wife, of course, called me as soon as she found out the news and she was in tears. Like she, like, Did you ever believe it? Her? And I don't think I ever met her in person. Got I just it. talked to her on the phone. Uh-huh. Um, so this is just an example. I've mentioned that I journal. Mm-hmm. I, I got to the point where I started journaling these stories. Mm-hmm. This is just one example. And I just thought it was comedic because of mm-hmm. the poop. But there's something that communicates to me that I actively argue with. <laughs> and it tells me to do just, things I don't want to do. <laughs> just hard-headed. Just yeah, hard-headed. It's your other personality. <laughs> it's not God. <laughs> so this is why I say it's it's not my own consciousness because it's propelling me to do things and even i'll say this i didn't mention this part of the story when i went to shake hands with that group that had my husband i didn't want to go it was Mm. that voice that that thought in my head saying go and Mm. meet them right i wanted to just go and sit in a another bench somewhere else by myself and just get on my phone Mm -hmm. it was the voice that propelled me to go shake their Mm. hands so this this thing guides me whatever it is whether it be god the light whatever Mm -hmm. it's got outside information that i don't have it tells me to do things i don't necessarily want to do Mm-hmm. But in the end, it does work it out. Works, yeah. But maybe you do have it. Maybe it's an intuition that yeah. you just don't, you're it not aware. Be. that. So, so you keep saying, well, no, it's coming from you. It's coming from your heart. You have a great heart. Maybe it's something but coming from you. But how would I have known that he needed $50,000? It's not a knowledge thing. It's a feeling thing. Maybe you just sensed something was going on in his life. I'm just saying, I mean, as much as we, maybe it's you yourself. And you just don't, listen, we I know nothing. The lady. We know nothing, right? I, okay. I, I agree with the lady and feel that it, it was, it's because you are tapped in and you are actually aware of that voice and you are aware that it's coming from something that's bigger than you are. And I think that by you listening to it is, is great. I and wish, you, and you, know. you probably gotten better from listening to it. Right. I'm just saying, I don't know if it's necessary. I'm sure she still argues. Listen, I, I believe in God. I have my own relationship. I have my own whatever. But it could just be you and your intuition. And maybe it is that feeling that you have. And you don't. You, it's not that you're getting an answer. It's just you know something's going on. And you're getting this because you're tapping into that person in be. front of you. It could be. Just like your husband was able to see things and feel things because he trained himself Mm-hmm. To a point where he could do it. Maybe you've just trained yourself unknowingly this whole it time. Could mm-hmm. be. But at the end of the I, day. Again, I hold beliefs loosely mm-hmm. because I know they would change if I had all the knowledge in the universe. Yeah. We have a place up in heaven, $50,000. So. <laughs> and if you're listening, show us your pearly whites. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I need to loop this back around to why I started this story, <laughs> which is why I married my husband. So. He kind of 
in 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 the process of all of this paranormal stuff going on in my house right now he is offering me a a window into it right and now it's us dealing with it together mm-hmm. you know up to that point it was me as a newly single mom and i'm scared for my daughter i'm scared for myself i don't want to be alone and now I've got this guy on the scene. You got backup. I've got mm-hmm. backup. And you're ready. And he can see it. Exactly. And, and what right. was even more interesting, for whatever reason, when he was at my place, none of this shit went down that would go down when he wasn't there. He was mm. your secret weapon. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. They, they didn't, see, they didn't see him coming. They're like, damn it, yeah. she had to go to school. <laughs> now, now, I will say later on, as the months went on, stuff started happening while he was there. So that was interesting. But when he first mm. came on the scene, for whatever reason, this stuff, and maybe, maybe it was the the christianity aspect Mm. i didn't think about that until just at this moment but at that point he was an atheist and had no claim to any religion at all i don't know if that somehow played into that you know maybe it was like oh it's a friend Mm. (laughs) i don't know just presenting a viewpoint here again Mm -hmm. hold beliefs loosely right and isn't it funny how when you're looking back you're like wait i didn't correlate that at that uh, time. And now it's been years and now you're looking at it you're like wait a minute i don't know i just because i was thinking you know yeah i do remember things happening later on months later after he had already become a christian so i don't mm. know if that was related or not maybe mm. you know maybe it, it goes back to the frequency thing i don't know mm-hmm. maybe the dementors were just like let's just sit still yeah, right, and right. see what's going on let's before we can this new guy is. is coming onto the right. scene yeah and then we'll come back right. out right okay which is smart <laughs> so here's this guy who for a plethora of reasons i understood was not the guy of my dreams mm-hmm. right i mean he's good looking good in bed I've mentioned he can he can get me off in like five minutes, right? Like he's good in that department. He knows your body well. Yeah. yeah. But there is very little intellectual stimulation there. Right. Um, he does not challenge me. Um, he well, is, he's introverted too. He kind of sits yeah. in the background. He mm. doesn't like to really get involved. Which I don't necessarily find that unattractive it's just he doesn't he's not a deep thinker Mm. he's not a deep thinker and and certainly if there's one theme that i keep touching on in this podcast is that i really crave deep conversation intellectual stimulation i love people that can intellectually spar with me i don't get any of that with him Mm. right so i knew this was not the guy of my dreams however here i am again single mom got all this six cent shit going down in my house and Mm -hmm. then when he's there it's not you know and so it was a very comforting thing on multiple levels even if you take all the paranormal stuff off the table it still was comforting to have someone right right a presence yeah yes and he's a fantastic cuddler i will say Mm. that too and you are i love cuddling i love it (laughs) And him and I are both side sleepers and he can hold me all night. I don't move when I sleep. Like I'm like a stone unless I'm sick or something. I am like a stone. I don't move the whole night. So and he would hold me all night. Like there was just it was so comforting. You felt safe. Yes. So we were married within four months of meeting. Four months we were married because again, the mindset that I was in at 28 was that fucking without being married is wrong mm. which poses a very terrible dilemma right because to make it right you have to get have married, to married yeah. or you got to do you know the 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 coco dance that she's doing of, well i need to be celibate but i slipped on some dick and that was exactly mm. where i was for those four months it was like i felt but it was so an much conviction and uh, you were because I, I always say i think when you re- when i've heard the story before your parents though who are Christian? Yes, we're not about you getting married again. No, they so so they well certainly were, not after four months. months. But but right. you felt you should. But they weren't telling you you should. So did that? Well, it's because I she, believed it right. was wrong. Mm. I totally relate to the, the Coco's mindset. Of course, it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. I, I understand exactly where she is right now because that was me at twenty eight years old. Like I am doing wrong. I felt so much shame about it. Mm-hmm. Um, every time we would have sex, I would feel guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, hearing from God, I heard from God actively, but here is, I'm, I'm going to go on another side tangent. The biggest hindrance from hearing that voice 
is shame. Of course. I'm I'm gonna make a dogmatic statement. And I will it put this shame. in the belief, right? This is this mm-hmm. is me making a dogmatic right. statement because I have seen that play out in my life that I would retreat from the voice because I felt shame. shame. Yeah. And so I would feel the shame. It wasn't that God was pulling away from me. Mm-hmm. It was that I was pulling away from him because I felt I was disappointing him. Mm-hmm. Right. The framework was set in my mind. Right. Well, because that's what we grew yeah, up with. Yeah. Yes. It's Those are some poor yes. beliefs. Right. Yes. Can't enjoy sex. Sex is just for procreation. So I'm in this weird limbo of, okay, I'm doing the wrong thing. Right. I'm having sex. I shouldn't be having sex. I need to make this right. And, and I, would, I knew he was not who I wanted to marry. Mm. I knew that. So I would try to pull away. I would cut it off. I even quit the English class. Mm. I dropped the class so that I did not interact with him. Right. I was doing exactly what Coco does with the toddler. Right. I would mm-hmm. block him. He was a drug. Done. I, I blocked him. I quit the class. I'm not going to see him anymore. You quit cold turkey like and a drug. <laughs> how long did that last? She slipped on the dick. I yes. slipped on the dick again. <laughs> exactly. So then it was like, okay, well, clearly I can't stay away from this guy. So the only other alternative is to get married. Get married. It was an escape type situation. Yeah, I could see it. Exactly. Yeah. And I knew, I remember having an anxiety attack the day before we got married because I knew. You did. I yeah. knew. This and is... people around you were telling you, right? Yes. Like they were all telling well, you. I mean, I but was I... getting married after four months. months. No, but, but it's so funny. <laughs> I think sometimes too with our personalities, it's the more you tell me no to, I'm just going to yeah. do what I want to do. Like Rebel. that wasn't my attitude that? though. No, that <laughs> really was not my, I was actively agreeing. My, I remember my sister asking me to lunch and she was sitting there basically imploring oh, you were agreeing me. with her and i i remember literally saying i right. agree with everything you're saying and i'm right still now, gonna do it but i can't stay away from him oh interesting i remember saying that to well her. yeah because at the time you were going through some crazy things and that was your safety net at the time yes you felt comfortable it was with my him. survival at yeah. that moment right so, and, and given what i know now i'm like just fuck the guy yeah in two years, you'll be over it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, so right? so if I could go talk to 28-year-old me yeah. now, I never would have married him. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, now I have my daughter who, I mean... You can't... It's hard yeah. to say that. Because Can I take her out of the of equation? Not. No. Because no. I, I fucking always, love that girl. Mm-hmm. Of course. So it's, it's almost all no things regret. happen for a reason, no right? Right. So I can't say that I would have gone back and completely erased that because then I have to erase her. Of course. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's definitely worth every bit of everything that I've gone mm-hmm. through with this man, right? So here we are, right? It, t- hindsight's twenty twenty, But I knew. I remember having an anxiety attack the day before the wedding, knowing this is not the man for mm. me. I knew it. That's a tough, that's a tough place to be in mentally. Yeah. And even and I've I said this too. before in counseling. I've mentioned that we went to so much counseling trying to fix what I knew was broken from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I remember expressing to counselor after counselor after counselor, this marriage is a representation to me of my own weakness. Mm. The fact that I couldn't be strong enough mm. to stay away is why I'm in this marriage. And so he was always the symbol to me of my own weakness. Mm. But I also feel like when we were in the church, it also is a lot of you'll grow to love, you'll figure it right. out, yeah. you'll work it out. And that's also plays into it because sometimes you may not, you may realize you're in a relationship you don't want to be in. But I, I mean, I've been in them where people are like, but he's a great guy. He's this, he's that. Or things that bothered me. It's, well, that's what you do. You work on it. You mm-hmm. grow to love each other. That's what a marriage is. You grow stronger together. And so all that also plays into he might not be right for me but we're gonna get married and we're gonna make it work and then it's that hope again you're right Right. but that is a lot of that you're right religious christianity Mm -hmm. absolutely and i read marriage book after marriage book we went to counseling we went to marriage retreats we went to marriage conferences i mean you name it i i could repeat back to you Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably verbatim but it was already and broken before no, you but i entered, will say so. just like she's changed over the years i knew scarlet back then and then i see her now and i feel if her husband had changed as well i think things would have been different because she mm-hmm. was really trying to make it work 
Mm-hmm. He was staying in the same place, though, mm-hmm. and she was moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so they, that could be possibly the we're going to grow together. We're going to go mm-hmm. stronger together. We're going to make it work. But he was content with staying with, where he was right. at. And it was comfortable for him. And he he stayed there and he still stayed there. He's still to this day there where you have 100 percent. Oh, my gosh. You've I am such changed. a different person. You, you've blossomed. And he says that all the time, too. Like he. It, into his, in his mind, it has been a negative right. progression. Because, because some people will say this, and I remember, you are not the person I remember. And I said, why would you want right. Why, why would you why want, would you want right. me? But I want to always be changing and, be, and different Absolutely. and growing. Why would you want that 20 or 30-year-old? But some people don't like that. They want you to be exactly who you were yes, when they right. met you. And that's right. a hard thing to swallow. Yeah, so from his perspective, it has been a negative change. Mm. So what happens when somebody is growing and learning and putting themselves out there and reading books and going to counseling and working on themselves. And then somebody who is just comfortable being who they are you without a, any look, improvement, without any, huh? you end up in an open marriage. Well, <laughs> <laughs> exactly where you end That's up. That's exactly where divorce or in an open marriage. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Please make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast channel. And if you love this, don't forget to leave a rating and review. To connect with us and ask questions, visit us at goodbadhorrible.com.